Serbia's attack was suicidal. Max Verstappen, you are a race winner. You like my pace? You like it? Hello and welcome to Back of the Grid. Uh, my name is Chris Evans and I'm joined as always by Stu Greenwood and Tom King. Hello. Hello. How are we all? Very good. How are you? Good, thank you. How's yeah. Tom? I'm okay, thank you. Good. Um, yeah. Some sad news to start with. Uh, a couple of hours before we started recording, uh, the news broke that uh, former MotoGP champion Nicky Hayden has passed away after the uh, cycling accident that he had in Italy uh, last week. Um, it's obviously sort of fresh news, but there's always sort of been an outpouring of emotion from everyone in the motorsport community, as there always is. Um, yeah, just terrible news. What Another of these situations where someone spends their whole life dedicated to an incredibly dangerous sport and then something incredibly mundane happens to them after their career, much like Michael Schumacher. Um, but yeah, I just want to mention that, obviously, thoughts with uh, his family and friends and everyone involved in the motorbike community. Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the big thing of last week was Indy 500 uh, qualifying, which we all watched and kind of figured out what was going on yep. as we watched it. Strangely um, compelling. Yes, it was really interesting, actually. The f- I like the format. I want to say that right off the bat. Yes. The, for- the format is, I think, although it takes a while, obviously, because it's over two days, I do like the the way that it's... I suppose, in a way, it's a bit like a Q1, Q2 kind of scenario. Kind of, yeah. You, you, and, and the Formula E sort of shoot out for the pole. Maybe more similar to that, I suppose, than Q1, Q2 system, but I like it. I like it. We'll talk a bit more about formats later on, actually, but um, I'll, I'll just tease you with that for now. I feel all teased, Chris. <laughs> um, so the first part of qualifying was marred by Sebastian Bourdais' incredibly Ooh. massive crash yeah. um 118 g's which <gasps> is not even a fathomable number um slam straight into the outside wall um, how is he not vaporized with that it well, says just... so much for the safety these days yeah i was just about to say as well that in a way he's lucky that his injuries were only what they were and i say only with a, a loose sort of effect to it because they're still pretty major but it's yeah, going to see him out he, for the rest um, of the season isn't it he's not going to partake in anything else for the rest of the year yeah so he's had surgery for fractures in his pelvis and a broken hip which is mm. not oh. pleasant oh, no. um but yeah he's obviously out for the rest of the season um it says a lot for those safer barriers they use that yeah it absorbed much the impact it did um but yeah obviously everyone glad he was okay as okay as you could be under the circumstances Mm-hmm. Uh, and moving on to the main event the Fast 9 as they call it uh, Scott Dixon took uh, pole position at the the second fastest speed of all time the The all time record is 1996 and this is I think the second fastest time of all time averaging wow. 232 miles an hour That's good. do you know what's really interesting about that I watched the, the, uh, the pole lap run and it might have been the most dull thing I've ever seen in my life. Because <laughs> 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 he, he was just turning left. <laughs> yeah, he was. it was on rails, wasn't it? He just yeah. 
was absolutely perfect. Yeah, which is why it was so fast, obviously. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's Whenever a car looks like it's doing a lot, that normally means it's slow. Yeah. Um, and obviously the big draw of it, Fernando Alonso, he managed to qualify fifth on his first ever qualifying in an Indy car, which is pretty damn impressive. Um, which I saw someone say, an interesting little fact, that qualifying was the fastest Fernando Alonso has ever gone in a racing car. It's quite quite plausible, isn't it? An F one car yeah, like, that fast. Uh, I don't think they ever have been, have they? Well, the round uh, Monza, they'll do, they'll do about two fifteen, two twenty round yeah. Monza ish, yeah. like that. So it's probably and that's the height of it, isn't it? I suppose yeah. in terms of straight line speed. So yeah, and he's never done anything faster. Two hundred thirty one, he managed, which is pretty spectacular. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was it was a really fascinating thing to watch, and it's kind of all. Nicely set up for the race uh, next weekend. Yeah, yeah. Middle of the second row, he starts. Yes, in fact, yes. he starts in because it's three abreast, isn't it? So he starts yeah. Yeah. in the middle of the pack, which is yeah. going to yeah. be slightly daunting. Yeah, it's not yeah, where you, you want to be. <laughs> your pole man's inside line, isn't it? I yes, think Dixon's so. got the inside yeah, yeah, line, and Rossi in thirds out on the outside. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I did like that um, Scott Dixon said afterwards that if Bourdais had been there, he's certain he would have beaten him. Because Bourdais has been really impressive this season, actually. He's got first and a second so far this season, I think. And he, he looked fast up he looked to the really point fast, where he yeah. had his accident as well. He was doing something like, I think, I saw him doing 231s, nearly 232s Yeah, in that session before he crashed. So, yeah, he's... Um, it's unfortunate we'll not see him, to be honest. Yes, it is really. Um, it's one of the one of the, uh, one of the former Formula One drivers as well, isn't he? So yeah, one, there's quite one. a few knocking around that. Yeah, Takuma Sato was up there as well, yeah. and obviously Rossi that we've just mentioned a minute ago. Yeah, yeah. very brief Formula One career, but a Formula One career nonetheless. Yep, Bourdais, another of the uh, chewed up and spat out by the Red Bull Junior program type drivers. Yeah, yeah. never ugh, makes you think he never really got his chance, don't you? I mean, mm. well, he, he was around right. He was on Toro Rosso when Vettel was came about. It wasn't he? So well. Was I was gonna, about to say. I think the big killer for his career was the race that Vettel won for Toro Rosso. Bourdais started second, and I don't think he even made the podium, if I remember rightly. I yeah, genuinely that... can't remember because it was overshadowed by Vettel's win. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he had a pretty bad start and kind of went backwards. It was Monza in the rain, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, yeah. it was an insane mm. race that one as well. I remember that one. Yeah. Uh, the other big thing over the weekend was the Paris Epre. Uh Buemi won his fifth race of the season, six races in, which is uh, fairly dominant. Yeah, smashing it. Yep. Uh, he was joined on the podium by uh, Jose Maria Lopez, his first uh, Formula One podium, and Nick Heidfeld popping up there again for Mahindra. I really thought that was going to be a segue into Mr. Degrassi's weekend at Paris then when stupid excellently set you up with smashing it. Damn. Yeah. Well, yeah, we could. Dams. Uh... Well done. I'll take that. <laughs> Dams. <laughs> yeah, so Degrassi had a shocker, didn't he? Oh, it was. Oh, yeah. He'd, Just... he'd qualified poorly. He'd sort of gone backwards for a while. Then he 
Was it the crash first or was it his penalty first? I can't remember. It was a crash first. You mean where he crashed into Felix da Costa? Which crash? Well, yeah, there is that. <laughs> well, yeah, which crash? <laughs> so he tries to go on the outside of da Costa and then just, he was like maybe two thirds of the way past him. It just he's, he's, sort of drifted across into him, and yeah. they both ended up clipping the inside. Yeah, it's sort of his rear wheels were probably pretty much aligned with the Costa's front wheel. Yeah, so he, he'd made the move, and he was past him. You've got to give him credit for that. But he then just like came across to the inside line for the apex, yeah. like the Costa wasn't there. Hence, no, it was that. I'm surprised he didn't get a penalty Me for too. that. To be brutally honest with you, because that took the Costa out of the race. Yeah, it, it, it's almost as though he expected the Costa to just disappear after he yeah. passed him. It's like a rookie move. Yeah. He's also then tried to blame the Costa since, which Ugh, it, is. I mean, it's, it's racing drivers, isn't it? But uh, yeah. Yeah. So after Do that, you... he then managed to go too fast in his pit stop, so picked mm-hmm. himself up a penalty as well. Um. Then he decided to go for the fastest lap and stuck it in the wall. <laughs> so, so um, this this is a. I've got a theory as to why Formula E races are often quite good and quite action packed. Oh yeah, and I think it's because there's quite a few drivers in there in the mix who are a, a similar level to uh, Degrassi and quite prone to making mistakes. <laughs> so, so yeah. you always get rubbing, bumping, bashing. It's it's almost like open wheel touring cars watching Formula E. It kind of is, yeah. yeah. There's not much love lost between them. No, no. Well, but, um, it's I'm... like Degrassi and Bohemi don't get on, do they? Because of last season, yeah, and all the yeah. all the thing with Degrassi crashing into him and then holding him up when he was trying to do the fastest lap and just to try and hold on to the title. is I don't think there's a lot of uh, yeah. love between the, those and, two. Um, Degrassi and uh, Nelson Piquet Jr. don't see eye to eye either, do they? Well, Nelson Piquet, was was he champion first year? First or? season champion, yeah. yeah. yeah Sadly, so there's, there's a common he... theme there and it's Luke Degrassi, which is a shame because I actually <laughs> have always really liked him. but Yeah. Um, Jean-Éric Verne was on for second place for the entire race and then yeah. stuck it in the wall. Yeah. Uh, Through no fault of his own, I'll point out, his steering column failed. It did, yes, it did have a failure, um, which was a real shame. Yeah. Then we had that bizarre finish where a couple of guys had got five-second penalties, um, and I can't remember who it was now. Oh, one of the Vir- was it one of the Virgins, I think, lost power, so people kind of ended up stuck behind and not sure if that could overtake him or not yeah and then someone else just backs people up hoping he could then race away and like make up the five seconds that was it sorry it was daniel apps that suffered a problem and then frines managed to get away and get five seconds ahead of everyone so his five second penalty meant nothing it's just a complete mess at the end really wasn't it yeah it's a very strange race but like you say they are always entertaining race in Formula yeah, E anything else I wouldn't say I've seen a bad race per se no um, even even if they've not been particularly exciting there's still been something to keep you entertained like whether it is just a battle between a couple of cars yeah. or something like that there's always at least something where it doesn't get anywhere near the flack that stuff like F1 gets for yeah, yeah. boring yeah. and yeah. processional and all that stuff so uh, but yeah, I think, Stu, I think you're on the right lines with, I think that there is a lot of drivers there on a very similar sort of 
skill level. Um, like this yeah. Degrassi, Prost, Heidfeld, Verne, Sam Bird, Nelson Piquet Jr., Maria Lopez, Daniel Apt. This, this, that's like nine names I think I've just said that could you know, potentially in the right car win that series, I think. You know yeah, who else is in that ballpark, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like me to press the button? Yeah, let's do, do it. Is right, this... which of the nine that I'm naming are we going for? <laughs> is, is, is this collectively, are they better than Bruno Senna or individually? Well, that's the thing. I think collectively they're all of a similar level. Some are a bit better and some are a bit worse. Well, and... well you, th- there's an argument to say that they are better than him because Bruno Senna was a Formula E driver and now he isn't. There is that. <laughs> Do we have to change the jingle to that? Are they good enough for Formula E or not? <laughs> yeah, it, might be, it might be less offensive to, to an individual. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's definitely a better field of drivers than it was in the first and second season. Oh though. yeah, yeah, it's, it's improved. Yeah, it is improved. People like definitely... oh, what was his name? The guy we always struggled with, Mar. <laughs> like he oh, was yeah. knocking around for about a season and a half and just doing nothing. And sort of the likes of him have slowly disappeared and got replaced by pretty Scott top drivers speed. now. Gutierrez is still knocking around there. Um, yeah, yeah, it's still a decent series. Though. I'm still really enjoying it. Yeah, I think it's a good series, but I, I agree that the the standard of the driving in some of the races by some of the drivers isn't really what it could be. Yeah, there's a lot of um, maybe desperation's the wrong word, but Degrassi's weekend in Paris stinks to me of desperation of yeah. I cannot finish this far down. Boemi's going to get away from it. I've got to make this move. I've got to make it stick. And that is just the entire impression yeah. I got of he, Degrassi's race weekend. He was week. driving like the same way I drive on project cars, <laughs> yeah. which is just get past them at all costs, whether it damages your car or not. I'm glad that you added project cars there. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Off to the world of Formula One. Haas have got a new livery from Monaco for the rest of the season. Dull. They've put more grey on it. They've <laughs> taken away all the colour and it, added more grey. <laughs> you sounded like you were eating your own fist for a second there. Oh, I actually put my head in my hands. They've basically replaced most of the red on it with more grey. Yep, yeah. it is just all grey now and black. It looks maybe awful. They, maybe they felt like it was looking a bit too much like the Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> so I think... I think, ironically, I saw a comment of, we'd like to be able to spot it easier on the track or something. Like, you've just um, made it grey, the, the same colour as a tarmac. tarmac. <laughs> How the hell are you going to see it? Uh, Haas team principal Gunter Steiner said it's for the whole year now. With the change in the size of the numbers in its positioning, we looked into making the entire car a little more visible. Well, you didn't, <laughs> did you? You did it wrong. From the side of this, looking at it, you can't see the numbers. There's no... It's, it's just... I, yeah, the the technical drawing things whatever you want to call them i can see the mag and the growth the um tla is on the fin at the back but i can't see any numbers yeah. god it looks boring doesn't it so we we did <laughs> our so we did our livery rankings before the season and since then oh, yeah. force india and Hass have both changed their liveries sorry Hass. In fact, no i'm not sorry that is terrible you are bottom of the pile the pink force india dumb. even with its forehead is significantly better yeah yeah, it's just so dull. Don't understand it. Um, a story that appeared yesterday from the German website Automotor und Sport. Um, 
saying that the FIA deadline for the change of engine supplier for 2018 has quietly passed with no word from McLaren, which basically means McLaren is sticking with Honda, it would seem. Which I don't think is any great surprise. I think a lot of people like to think they would end up switching to Mercedes or something, but... Yeah, um, I I, th- I think they may be too far down the line to start. Well, exactly. Yeah, you'd have now. to scrap next year's car and start again, almost, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah probably. Um, th- but at the same time, what's the, what deadlines mean? Nothing in Formula One these days, surely. Well, true. So the I had a little look into it. The official rules are that um, they can still make a change, but they have to have the unanimous agreement of all other teams in order to do it. Which so they can't make a change then. <laughs> probably is never going to happen. When's the last time all Formula One teams agreed on something? Yeah, on anything. Yeah. The, the only advantage that they'll have going into next season, sticking with the Honda, is the fact that it's going to be put in the back of other cars other than theirs. That's, well, they're going to be doubling their technical feedback, aren't they? Because it's going to be in four cars instead of two next year. Yeah. A minimum. So. Which would be nice. Yeah. Um let's uh, let's let's start reserving judgment maybe on Honda now until um Canada when they they've confirmed that the new engine will be around in Canada and hopefully much better and they're bringing a lot of updates to uh, Monaco. Which brings us nicely on to uh Jensen Button has said that uh he thinks there's going to be a massive step in the upgrades for Monaco and he's confident that um the Grand Prix can be a success for his one-off uh, come back, uh, especially after Alonso's qualifying performance in Spain, which is a track that didn't really suit that car. Yeah. So you'd hope Monaco would uh, suit them a little bit better. Mm. Um, I also wanted to mention this story for this quote from Jensen, because obviously he's been doing simulator work rather than driving in the actual car. Mm. Yeah. Uh, he said, uh, when I jumped in initially, I didn't like the feel of the car, and this was before the updates. So we made some setup changes, and it was much better and suited my style a lot more. And with the updates, it's pretty awesome to drive. I also fell in the port twice today, and hopefully that will not happen. After turn one, you go up the hill. I fell off on the right-hand side and rolled. I've never rolled in the simulator before, but I rolled. <laughs> Where were the barriers? <laughs> right. <laughs> did you launch it off a ramp? Yeah, so how did you go off the hill going up from Sandarat and landing in the harbour? Twice. Wow. So it's that... just project cars. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just about to say, I am now turning project cars on when we finish this podcast, and I'm going to attempt to launch my car into the port from It sounds more like Mario Kart. <laughs> Is the simulator just project cars? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, he also said, if I get to turn two and feel totally out of my depth, I'll just drive off into the sunset and not come back. <laughs> <laughs> I like Jens. It's going to be nice to have him back next weekend. He has reached the point where he just doesn't give a rat's rear end. Not at all. Yeah, And I like it a lot. He has all the chill. He's always had a really good personality, I think, throughout his entire career. But he is just truly now 100% being himself because I think especially those last couple of years at McLaren, he was being a little bit reserved about what he actually wanted to say just because he... You know, you've got to be careful. Unless you're Alonso, you have to be careful what you say about the car. Um, but yeah, now he just he doesn't care. He just says what he wants, and I love it. If uh, if Jensen Button doesn't give a rat's behind, then and I'm going to say it, Fernando Alonso doesn't give a. Sh- <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, after the Spanish Grand Prix where nobody used the hard tyre for the entire weekend, Pirelli have also ditched it as an option for the British Grand Prix. Um, there was apparently, a f- in the Friday night driver's briefing in Barcelona, all the drivers were saying how useless those tyres were and urging Pirelli to just sideline them for the rest of the season, which it's looking like might happen. Um um, Silverstone and Suzuka were the only tracks that were planned to use the hard tyre for the rest of the year. So I have a feeling we're not going to see those again. Yeah, I'm honestly not surprised at all because of no. how poor they were at Barcelona. And I understand that they've been told to make the tyres um, less fragile in the sense that yeah. they don't want the race being determined by that factor and they want the drivers to be able to push more. But I think they're just going a little bit too far off off that deep end and now they're just unusable almost that's definitely the case of the hard tire anyway yeah absolutely and um, they've also said they're looking at next year just generally making the tires softer so i don't think they'll almost just make every test every tire like half a step or a full step softer they just need they need to find that middle ground, I think, really, because they yeah, definitely, you know, they don't want the extreme wear of last season, but I think this year is just too conservative. So I think if they can find that middle ground, it'll be fine. Yeah, Renault have said they are committed to helping Palmer recover from his bad start to the season. Um, he's because he has had a pretty shocking start. Mm-hmm. Um. And they've sort of said that they're backing him and they uh, they understand that a lot of the time he starts the weekend quite happy with the car and doing well, as happened in the last couple of races, actually. He's had like a good Friday and then as the weekend's gone on, he's just sort of, he's been less and less happy with the car. Mm. I When I read this headline, my first thought was, he's gone next season then. Because as soon as the team comes out and says, no, no, we're completely behind our driver... It's sort of Kvyat stayed around though, didn't he? It's Kvyat was having a terrible end to last season, and they said, "No, we're gonna gonna help him through it. We'll, we'll get his head a back." A rare in the game. show of um, compassion from uh, Red Bull, actually. Yeah. Um, but it, obviously, he stayed in the car for this season. So whether he'll be here at the end of this season is another matter. But yeah, I don't know. I'd, it's like I said last week. I I really want him to be doing a lot better than he is just because after watching him come through GP2 and stuff and watching him for so, yeah. so much time finally getting his chance at that title it'd be nice to see him do much better in the top category but I don't know he's just not living up to it at the minute is he so I hope that they can help him through it and fix whatever's wrong if there's something he's not happy with I really do yeah I agree with that it's a shame it's, it's such a shame that he's not um that he's not doing as well as he, he we know he can. Mm, you yeah, know, that's the thing. He had, a, he had an okay season last season. He did do too badly last season. He did you get the feeling he's, he's one of these drivers that needs his car in a very small window to really get the most out of it, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And I don't think they're delivering that for him. Mm. And when you got a teammate like Hulkenberg, is it Hulkenberg? His yeah. teammate, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You got a teammate like that, then. That's big competition, and he's a he's a he's an experienced guy, Hulkenberg. It's 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 really it's like putting Van Dorn against Alonso. It's it's that same sort of dynamic, I'd say. Yeah. Although I'd say Van Dorn's been he's had a pretty decent seat. A lot of these silly retirement in last race. I think he's been pretty solid so far. 
Yeah, he's not having a bad time. I think it's more the car. I I, I don't know. Alonso is just world class, and we know he is proven by yeah. getting in an yeah. Indy car and putting it in fifth. Um, you know, just jump out of one sport straight into that and do what he's done. That's yeah. that's sort of shows his prowess. So I don't think, like you say, putting Van Dorn against Alonso is completely fair, just because of the way Alonso is getting probably two hundred percent out of that car. And Van yeah. Dorn could still be getting 100% maximum out of it, but Alonso's just finding something from somewhere that's... I don't think anybody else on the grid could do what he's doing with that car at the minute. No, absolutely. So, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, we'll see what happens next year. That's what I'm yes. reserving judgment on Van Dorn as a, as a full season until, fingers crossed, a better <laughs> engine either later this year or next year. We can hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, right, so you mentioned race weekend formats earlier. Yeah. And I wanted to mention this. Have you guys heard of the Monster Energy NASCAR All-Star Race? The Monster Energy NASCAR All-Star Race. I have not. Me neither. So this happened uh, the weekend just gone. Same weekend as the Indy qualifying. Um, The All-Star Race happens once a year, and it's a non-points race. Um, But the winner gets a million dollars. So it's just like a big fancy exhibition thing, but it doesn't actually count towards the championship. So I found out about this because there's a driver called Matt DiBendito, who um, is a NASCAR driver, but he's also apparently on the NASCAR Reddit page all the time. Um, So he, for this race, had a Reddit-themed livery on his car um, Uh and and sort of got everyone on Reddit behind him and sort of got them to help him out with this race format, which I'll get to a little bit later on. But yeah, the reason I want to mention this is obviously we've all been learning kind of how the Indy 500 qualifying works and everything, and there's talk of F1 maybe looking at changing their weekend weekend format in the future. Um, but this all-star race is just something else. So I think I've got all this right, right. but if we've got any listeners that actually understand NASCAR, I apologise for any horrible mistakes I make, and please let us know if I do. Um, so there are 20 cars in the race. 16 of those drivers are already guaranteed their spots because either they've won a previous all-star race and are still competing in NASCAR or they've won a past NASCAR championship or they've won an individual race in the last two seasons. So that's 16 drivers. The remaining four spots are determined by performance in the Monster Energy Open race and the fan vote. So the Monster Energy Open is another race that takes place two hours before the All-Star race, which is for all the full-time drivers who've not already qualified. And they do a 50-lap race split into three stages. So the winner of all three stages, which is the leader after 20 laps, leader after 40 laps, and the leader at the end of 50 laps, all get a place in the main event. Then of all the drivers that don't qualify, there is a fan vote for who gets the final spot. And that's where this guy had Reddit on his side because people on Reddit were just flooding the voting, trying to get this guy in his Reddit car in the race. Cool. So that gives us 20 cars for the actual big final race, who then have to do qualifying to determine the order for the race. So they do a similar thing to Indy in that they do like a few laps back-to-back, setting a time across those laps. In this case, they do three laps. The difference being, as part of their qualifying run, they have to do a pit stop and change all four of their tyres during their qualifying run, which I guess is kind of cool because it sort of involves the pit crew 
as well as the driver it's kind of a team thing mm. yeah, yeah the insane thing about it is that on these qualifying runs there's no pit lane speed limit <laughs> what <laughs> so they barrel oh, off, wow. they barrel off the banking flat out into the pit lane at like 150 160 miles an hour and then still wow. have to hit the brakes and stop it in their pit box <laughs> Wow. From 150 down to zero. Yeah, in the pit lane. Oh, man. Whoa, luckily, that is luckily, the NASCAR rules are that the pit crew can't jump over the wall until the car is completely stationary. So it's not like they're coming into a box yeah, made of people. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a little different. My question. Yeah. It's a little <laughs> different to F1. It's the same in IndyCar as well, isn't yes, it? You're not, it is. There's a wall that you're not allowed over. And yeah. the other thing that I find different, which I kind of like, I don't... <laughs> I like it about IndyCar, but I think it probably wouldn't suit F1 because it's not what F1's about. But you're only allowed something like six people over the wall, aren't you, in IndyCar? Like one for each wheel and then yeah. one for each jack or something. Stops, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever it is. And it, it's more about the precision of an individual, which is cool, but I just don't know if it'd fit F1. But I like it. No, I know. But imagine imagine if they were allowed and being the front jack. <laughs> <laughs> you would need a rear end of steel. Oh, I, I recommend and the front end of Steve. Yeah, I recommend you look at videos of this because it's just the most insane thing. Just I seen him flat yeah, out into the pit lane. Right now, right now, I'm going to do it now. <laughs> I need to. I, uh, I thank you for what? bringing this into my life, Chris. That's all I'm saying. And this is only qualifying. We've not even got to the race yet. Right here we go. I'm ten seconds in, and he's about to go into the pits. I think the way he bumps around as he comes off the banking as well is ridiculous. Oh, this is crazy. <laughs> this, is like, this is the all-star race! This, this, this yeah, is fun! This is fun! <laughs> Whoa! Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> Whoa! Oh! That's mad! Whoa. It's, that is it's insane. insane. Unless you're only allowed to go one at a time or something. I think it is, yeah. yeah I think yeah, it's probably one. So. Well, there was an, there's another car coming out of the pits, though, as he comes out anyway. That's insane. Yeah. So um, I've never seen a car traveling so fast no. pit lane in my life. That is terrifying. So you've done after you've done your qualifying pit lane thing. That gives you an actual grid for the actual all star race. We finally got to the race, right? Which is a seventy lap race, except it's not because it's actually four races of twenty, 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 and ten laps. Oh, right. <laughs> so the leader after twenty, forty, and sixty laps qualifies for the final ten laps to go for the overall win. Oh, so it's like an eliminator. Kind of. It's not it's not a straightforward eliminator though, is it? At least no. like when you play Need for Speed, it's just the guy in last place that drops out. In yeah, this yeah, it's it like explodes. <laughs> no, so, <laughs> yeah. so this is almost the opposite. So no one actually drops out of this, they still keep racing, but whoever's the leader after 20, 40, and 60 laps gets to do the last ten laps. Then another seven drivers oh, based on their average finish positions at those three points qualify as well which means you then drop from 20 down to 10 drivers for the final 10 laps who then line up again in order of their average finishing position although every driver gets one set of soft tires to use anytime during the race and if they save those soft tires for the final 10 laps they have to start at the back and then that final 10 drivers do the final 10 laps and then you actually have a winner (laughs) How on earth does anyone actually follow How that? How did they even come up lives? with this? And people think Formula One's complicated. <laughs> I know. And the crazy thing it's is, what? so I was reading about this and people were kind of saying this year's race was a bit meh because after all of that going on, Kyle Busch, who actually won it, 
he only actually led for about a lap or two, I think, right at the end. Yeah. And promptly like other, had a the fight two other drivers dominated the- most of the race, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so I think every time you hear people complain about rules being complicated, try that on for some Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. just out of interest, is normal NASCAR anywhere near that degree of complicated? I don't think so. I think this is just crazy stuff they come up with for this all-star race that isn't even actually worth any points. Yeah, that's like the popcorn movie of motor racing, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, speak, speaking of nuts. points, you get championship points for qualifying an IndyCar, which means Alonso ah. now has more points in IndyCar than he has in Formula 1 this season. Way! Yeah. <laughs> um, f- fun fact, it took him, I think, 29 races to accumulate that many points <laughs> for McLaren oh, since wow. he joined, no. and he's just achieved the same amount in... I mean, different point race. system, but even what so. What a qualifying session. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I think that's everything that's happened this week and a little glimpse into the world of NASCAR, which we will yeah. dip our toes yeah. into and then run away again because it's strange yeah, and confusing. Is, yeah. <laughs> dip, dip your toes into the acid pit that is NASCAR. <laughs> wow. Which... What a... It burns. <laughs> <laughs> which brings us on to uh, our predictions for the Monaco Grand Prix. Indeed. Mm. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh dear. Um, so uh, yeah, so current standings are um, Tom is in the lead with ten point five points, followed. I was going to say closely, but no, not, not closely, all really. By by Chris, um, uh, he's on six point five. The Dats Life Boys are on four. I'm on 3.5, Paul Kelsall is on 2.5, and um, Ika Setuati is on 2.5 on her debut. I'd have just said Ika if it was me, but well done for trying. Yeah, Ika. Can we... <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're here now. <laughs> you know, this is where we are. Oh, a quick um, um, quick thank you to Dats Life for giving us a mention on their last episode as well, by the way. Um, I think yes. they're doing our predictions game and the NRF1 predictions game, so... Yeah, they're all over it. Thanks, that's life. So awesome. So basically, Stu, not only are you being beat by a couple of guys who haven't participated in every race, you're being beat by a couple of guys who haven't participated in in every race and are juggling two predictions at the same time. <laughs> oh come well, on, man! Early days. <laughs> early yeah, days. Yeah, I think yeah. No, I've had some terrible luck. <laughs> that's that's racing. So, uh, Chris, <laughs> would you like to be the first person to predict? I mean, um, the pole sitter. No, but I guess I will. Pole for Monaco. Pole for Monaco. I'm just going to have a little look at what happened last season. It was Ricardo, I think. Last I believe it was, wasn't it? See, Monaco is a track where driver can massively outperform what his car can normally do. Yes. Yeah, very true. So with that in mind... But it does help to have a good car, though. Having said that, I'm going to be really boring <laughs> and say Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton? Yes. Oh, Interesting. That Hamilton. means Stu could be going in the direction that I intend on going, which is, I was going to say, Sebastian Vettel. Hmm. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm Vettel as well. Oh, I might have messed one. up there. Um, I think he has an advantage at this track. 
my own in my own opinion. Um, Tom, would you like to predict the winner? Um, because it's Monaco, I'm gonna stick with Vettel. Yeah, and I'll say Vettel as well for the win this time. I, I, and this isn't me mimicking your predictions in order to uh, <laughs> achieve some points. This is just uh, just my my pre-existing logic. Do I have to go Chris... before you on everything, Stu? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, Chris, winner. I want to say Vettel as well. That's really boring, but I'm going to Vettel. Uh, okay, it's I guess it's my turn to be first on this next category, which is first retirement. Um, oh, I hate being first. <laughs> um, I am going to say I mean, it's got to be the rookie Lance Stroll because the way he's been <laughs> uh, pirouetting this season, then I mean I can't see how it could be anyone else. Um, if he even gets to the grid, what? Oof, that's so. That's so hard. <laughs> that is pretty harsh. Unbelievable. <laughs> Just bin it on the on the outlap as he's coming round yeah. to the grid. Sorry, 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 Lance. I've, I have something <laughs> in you. It's just it's just because he's the rookie. It's just mainly because he's the rookie. That's the the the, the proper rookie. Um, uh, Chris. So, I don't think I've got this right all season. So I'm going to hope right. I continue that trend and I'm going to say Jensen oh, Button. No. <laughs> no. Oh, why? Why would you do that? Because I don't God. want it to be true. What is, what is wrong with you? Because <laughs> <laughs> I know I'll be wrong if um, I say it. Uh, Tom, what's yours? Um, don't say Button. I'm not going to say Button. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Grosjean. I think because I could be wrong in this and research after this fact might prove me wrong Mm -hmm. but I don't think he generally has a good time around Monaco I I just seem to remember that he crashes a fair bit around there and finds the wall a lot I could be wrong but Um, he finished last year two laps down uh, I did just google F1 Monaco Grosjean though and the first three pictures were all of him crashing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I could be on the well. right <laughs> I'm sticking with it though so who have you got sorry Grosjean Grosjean you got oh so it's Chris's turn sorry to do uh, Chris you're oh no is it no it's my yeah, I'll go first oh, if you want this one you... <laughs> uh, okay num- number oh, number of finishes interesting um, would you like to know um, last year's yeah go for it yes please remember yeah. it was on a car on a grid with two more cars yeah last year was 15 yeah so seven retirements. See, I, I was going to go a little bit low this time because think about uh, sort of the year before that. Was it the year before that? Was George Bianchi score points for the year before Russia yeah. when yeah, and that was I don't know. There were about twelve cars finished that, wasn't there? Mm. And that was a twenty-two car grid. I'm gonna say thirteen. 13. Mm. It's tricky because it's sort of 13 finishes. bigger cars, yeah. angrier cars, but also more downforce. But drivers that don't seem scared to crash into each other in a corner <laughs> fighting for an apex, yeah, as well, we've seen not, so far not, this season. Yeah. It's, it's not Formula E, though. So. <laughs> Um, Chris, do you want to go next? Or shall I go? It's not fair to just go yeah, last go all on. the time, is it? Um, I'll go with... I'm going to say... I'm going to have to say 14 finishes. I'm, I've got a little bit more faith than Tom. 
I had 13 in my head before you said 13. Then so say are you saying 13? I think I am, yeah. Unlucky for some, yeah. 13, you both it's have. So. Unlucky for Red Bull at the minute. Yeah. Let's hope it's not unlucky for me. <clears throat> this week. Yeah. Uh, random driver. Well, we've decided. We've decided not to do a random driver this week, as Jensen's yeah. back random, for. As Jensen's back for one race, we thought we'd give him pride of place, and we're going to predict where Jensen finishes. Yeah, we should have made a soundtrack for that, shouldn't we? Really? Where will Jensen <laughs> Button finish at Monaco? I feel like most of your songs are just <laughs> remixes of "Are They Better Than Bruno yeah. Senna." <laughs> Well, that, that's it's my thing. It's also um, quite clear that Stu had zero input yeah. on the jingle. <laughs> yeah, I've got the voice of an angel, my mum tells me. Um, um, last year, Jensen came ninth. Um, weirdly, ninth. Uh, I, I'm jumping right in there, but weirdly, that's exactly what I was going to say. I have faith in that man. Interesting. Faith that he'll finish ninth. Yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I, I left field said... I think Raikkonen could be the first retirement this week. Bottas might clip him on the inside of turn one and take him out. What happened, guys? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Um, so, Chris, this... Chris, since you've got him as first retirement, if he does, <laughs> well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna split I'm gonna split my options and say either first retirement or he's gonna come tenth or tenth. Right. Okay. Cool. I'm gonna say. You know what? I'm gonna go. They've got a big upgrade coming this weekend. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the left field person for a change. Hmm. <laughs> oh god. Week. Uh I'm not gonna put him down for the win, because that'd be ridiculous. I've already got <laughs> Vettel, Vettel as the win. But um I will put him higher. I'm gonna say fifth. Wow. Okay. To be fair, that's where Alonso <laughs> finished in Monaco last year. It's not outside the realm of possibility. I mean, I do think this car's worse than last year's, though. Granted, we had in comparison Wait, it, to other will, cars. Will it be? Will it be at Monaco though, where engine power is not as much mm, an issue? Yeah, and they have re- and 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 Alonso did stick it up in seventh um, at Barcelona, which is very a true. Track. It's very true. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll see, won't we? We'll see in um, yeah, we will see. less than a week's time. Uh, next yeah. week's episode is going to be a day or two later because we want to be able to fit in the Indy 500 as well as the Monaco Grand Prix. So you can probably expect that on Tuesday of next week, I think. Fingers crossed. Yes. Uh, yeah. In the meantime, please send us your predictions uh, for poll winner, first retirement, number of finishers, and where Jensen Button will finish. Uh, you can send those on Twitter to Back of the Grid F1, or you can go to backofthegrid.com and chuck them in a comment. Or you can throw them on our Facebook page or send them to any of us individually, whatever you like. And we will throw you into the leaderboard and you'll probably overtake most of us quite quickly. Uh, Particularly me. Mostly Stu. Uh, if you want to follow any of us individually, uh, I am TNM Chris. Tom is TomKing89 and Stu is Stu underscore PX on Twitter. Uh, we're on Instagram as well. We're in all the places. So I think... That will do us for this week. So until next time, thanks for listening. And we'll see you after Monaco. Good luck, Jensen, and good luck, Fernando. Yes. Love you, Jensen. I'm off to build a Lego Formula One car. Ooh, which car? Uh, I've got last year's Ferrari. It's really, really nice. How, how, How big? It's probably about 
six inches long or something. Oh, didn't <laughs> By which I mean it's actually four and a half. Right, that'll do us. And how, how, and, and how big is the Lego? <laughs> <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> Finishing on a new joke. <laughs> <laughs>